Welcome to the Upbeat Podcast, powered by CoChart, a show that's dedicated to providing resources for families impacted by childhood chronic illness. For articles, videos, and show notes, visit our platform at theupbeat.cochart.org. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Upbeat Podcast. This is Greg, your co-host and the executive director of CoChart. And this is Roxanne, the marketing director of CoChart, and I'm also a parent of a child with cancer. And the Upbeat is powered by CoChart, a nonprofit that does free arts and athletics for any child impacted by any chronic illness, currently in Los Angeles, the Bay Area, and San Diego, and looking to expand to new cities over the next few years. Uh, We are thrilled to have a guest today who is near and dear to our hearts here at CoChart. Kamiko is a parent and the mom of Kazuma who is a 13-year-old boy who was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in 2011. Uh, After three months of intensive chemotherapy, Cosima started to show signs of depression, which is really common in a lot of kids impacted by a lot of different chronic illnesses and often not talked about as much. Uh, Kamiko is joining us today to talk a little bit about the signs that led up to noticing and diagnosing Cosima's um, depression and and his actual illness uh, and share their experiences with the side effects and emotional issues that came up as a result of his treatment plan. Kamiko, thank you so much for joining us today on the Upbeat Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me today. Leukemia is one of the most commonly diagnosed childhood cancers, which accounts for about 30% of all cancers in children. I understand that the symptoms can often be misdiagnosed. Do you mind sharing Mm -hmm. us what signs your son experienced that first um, led you to bring him into the doctor? In the middle of the summer in July, um, we were just goofing around playing soccer in the field and Cosma tried to kick the ball but couldn't kick the ball and slipped and fell. And then after that, he just started complaining that his leg hurt. And it was just very unusual. So we're just like, okay, just let's calm down. But two weeks later, I think he joined AYSO soccer team for the first time. On the first day of the game, he was kicked by the knee by another uh, teammate. And he fell and couldn't stand up. So from that day, uh, he basically couldn't stand up or limping the whole time. And so I remember every two weeks, some pain on the joints, either shoulder or legs or the other legs or wrists. And every two weeks, we had some pain issues. And we went to different doctors, but they couldn't find anything. So we're basically just wait and see if this is a growth pain um, or not. So that was probably going on for a while. And, and how much did your mind go to really severe possibilities for what it might be? I had no doubt that he had any serious illness. He was born healthy. He never had major issues growing up. He never even had broken bones. So only thing I could have imagined that time was he might have had broken bones. And he was a tall, skinny boy, very active, uh, very physically coordinated. So I had no doubt that he had something going on in his body. It was so severe that I remember on the first day of school, um, the first day of kindergarten, which is a big deal for any first-time mom and the kid, um, he, of course, was so excited the day before he 
fell and he hurt his shoulder this time. And then he couldn't even put his uniform on. He couldn't even carry his backpack on the day of the school. And he definitely walked. His posture was kind of weird, tilted in one way because one shoulder was hurt so much. And when we stepped into the classroom, everybody was asked to sit down at their desk and write their name or name or picture on a paper. And Cosmo complained that he couldn't hold a pencil. And that was probably the beginning of my fear. And so then once you got the diagnosis, it explained what was going on, but it's also just the beginning of the treatment process. Uh, What are some things right off the bat that you would say you would tell to a parent who was just more recently diagnosed about tips that you learned about the social and emotional parts of going through treatment and dealing with the diagnosis? It's really, really um, difficult to say how everyone feels, but the the feeling I had was definitely um, loneliness. I was very lonely and I didn't know who to reach out to because I didn't want any of my regular friends to tell me things that may end up hurting my feelings. And I was mm. afraid of being like a being like victim, always crying and asking for some sympathy from other people. On top of that, you people asked if I could, they could help. They they said, "Can I help you? Can I help you?" I just didn't know what I needed. I was just so focused on day to day treatment, day to day condition of my son, and also my other my daughter. And I just didn't know what help I needed. Looking back on it, do you think there's anything type of help that you could have asked for that maybe you didn't think of at the time? Um, one thing, like very similar to what I ended up getting from Coach Art, was those uh, visiting teacher from my uh, kids' school district. I asked for uh, some stimulation for my son who was stuck at home every day for weeks. So the teacher coordinated to send a visiting teacher just for maybe three times a week for one hour each time. And she didn't even teach him anything. She just played with him, some academic type of toys and stuff. And I had no energy and, you know, um, maybe no energy to do that even because I was constantly with him. I was the caretaker and the mom and the playmate and the teacher at the same time, 24-7. So somebody coming to the house for one hour, just three times a week was just a real, real help. And I could just breathe. I could be myself. I could check my phone without worrying about him in a separate room. So that was a big deal. Yeah. And we've heard more and more about people seeking out respite care, the idea of somebody who fills in for the primary caretaker for some period mm-hmm. of time to give the primary mm-hmm. caretaker a chance to decompress and relax and, and, you know, recharge their own batteries. And it sounds like both for Cosma and for yourself that that, that yeah. had that element of, um, of that care for you all as well. Yeah, I felt that, but I think that's something that I want to warn other parents that it's 
the physical pain that kids are going through, but this mental hardship and this this extra, extra stress that you don't know, parents don't notice that they're carrying during this whole journey. Um, and then they just have to know how to release it, either through psychologists or some direct family members or just those outside people who can come in to just give a smile to your child so that you feel like your child is normal. Yeah, I think you touched on a really good point there, too. Um, My daughter was diagnosed with cancer in 2012, and when you're going through uh, an experience like this, you just, you don't know what you need. You don't know that you need this emotional help. And recently, about um, just a couple years ago, my husband and I finally went to marriage counseling, and the counselor said, what took you so long? Your daughter had cancer, (laughs) and you're carrying all this emotional baggage, and you needed to let go of it. You need your support system, and just you're so focused on getting your, your child better that you're not really thinking of the emotional elements involved. So that's great advice. Yeah, yeah. I I'm always a social and very positive and outgoing person. So even my husband doubted when I, I remember once I told him I might be going through depression because I just, I just don't have energy during this whole chemotherapy and treatment. And even my husband laughed at me and I was like, wow, he doesn't even notice how much I'm going through during the day when he's at work. And that was when I was like, I have to help myself somehow because he who is the closest person to me doesn't understand we've talked a lot about how this all affected Kazuma um, and what he was going through but at that age when he was diagnosed there the kids that he's going to school with or, or are friends with don't necessarily fully understand what he's dealing with um, things uh-huh. like the hair loss were there any yeah. social issues that you experienced from his friends or from his classmates he missed half of the school year, and even when he went to school, he would he would he wouldn't have any energy. I would stand by in the classroom behind the cabinet until he said no more. And, and did the kids in kindergarten do anything to sort of rally around him or support him? Yeah, yeah, we got the, we got those uh, advent calendar from uh, classmates for the Christmas, and then they all sign a cap. Uh, for Kazuma when he lost the hair. So it was his lucky charm. He always had that hat throughout the first grader. When Kazuma finished the treatment, we were already in a different school. So I emailed his old kindergarten teacher and told her he finished the treatment. He's doing great. And he she sent out the email to other parents. And those parents sent the email congratulating. So they definitely cared for us. From one cancer mom to another mom, I know what a difficult journey that must have been for you emotionally. What are some um, support systems that you used or resources, online resources that helped you through this time? It's the Momcology um, message board on Facebook. Yes, I'm on uh, that too, actually. <laughs> what a great, what I, a great support system. It's wonderful. I know. I don't, I didn't even know that until toward the very end of Kazuma's treatment. And we met another family at Children's Hospital when we were waiting for our blood draw. One parent told me, you have to be on this message board. And then since then, I just, 
you know, it's so sad when you are desperate, you're on it nonstop. And then now I feel so fortunate that I don't need to check it so often anymore, but I am connected to other moms through it. And I'm just so grateful for all the advice that they gave me from across the country. (laughs) And, you know, the interesting part of that is I'm probably more involved now than I was at the time because I'd like to be that resource for other people. I felt so alone and lost. And when I see other moms posting that their child has Wilms tumor, which is what my daughter had, um, I want to chime in and give them advice and show them pictures of Elena now and let them know you know, chances yeah. are everything's going to be okay. Like you're, you'll be giving other yeah. moms advice soon too. So it's in, and yeah. also momcology divides, uh, their support groups into, um, like post treatment or fundraising mm-hmm. groups. Uh, so there's just it's so crazy. many ways you can still be involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I, I just almost felt like doctors you should know this site because they have more options that you can at least explore than just doctors know sometimes because we're all different parents who are trying to get something you know that works for our kids so it was such a help and especially also the uh, when I was trying to find out if Kazma had depression post-treatment um, depression, um, I got a lot of advice from the parents too. What was some of the them. advice that was most helpful? Um, they, I was shocked to hear so many parents experienced it um, in, I mean, with their kids that they went through the treatment and all of a sudden their, their mood dropped after the treatment. So, of course, that's like a great fear for the parents, like, oh, is it something coming back? Um, then we all realized that it was a uh, depression and doctors don't talk about it much because doctors is just focusing on, you know, uh, treating this illness. So all the post-treatment stuff were kind of collected by parents who experienced it. And then they say, okay, we tried this. We tried the happy light. We tried the vitamin D. Oh, my kids are on vitamin D nonstop or, you know, um, some supplements or aromatherapy or all sorts of things that people do. And then they also kind of check on us later, like, did it work? Did you ask for this to the doctor? (laughs) Did it work for your kids? Great community. And that's part of what we're trying to do with the Upbeat is create a community, create advice and, and resources and things that parents can go to that, like you said, the doctors are entirely focused on the medical side of things. And so, you know, wanting to create more of a community and resources for parents to really dig in about the social and emotional elements of, yeah. of this journey. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about the happy light? I saw that in your notes and uh, I thought it was kind of a cool treatment. So this is something that you guys are currently using? Yeah. So I feel that this is very ironic that seasonal affected disorder is called SAD and the treatment is called happy light. And that you can buy those on Amazon or any stores, hardware stores maybe. Uh, it's just kind of mimic the UV light. And you get that uh, vitamin D effect from the light when you are depressed. So if the weather is already colder and darker in the winter, 
lot of people who already know that they have SAD uh, turn on the lights first thing in the morning for about 20 minutes to absorb the UV light. Another thing that when, when you mentioned social emotional support, another thing that I found through uh, Momcology uh, websites or the message board is how to deal with school. I have no idea all these supports are available in American uh, public school system. I grew up in Japan, so I'm learning everything with my kids. And again, when he first uh, showed the sign of the depression, school didn't give me any option, but just told me to go to homeschool. And not knowing anything and about American school system, I followed the advice and went to homeschool. And that means I had to learn everything. It was a scary, scary um, change in my life, but I did it. I ended up liking it. And then I ended up becoming a substitute teacher after that because of the experience. So so I am actually on the path to becoming a teacher thanks to that experience. Oh, that's amazing. But, <laughs> I know. Um, but looking back, nobody gave me the option of going through IEP. Nobody told me about uh, 504. And nobody gave me the option of having extra conference with school. Nobody advocating for me. But this time, about two years ago, when he had another sign of depression and couldn't go to school, we had a different different principal. And again, I had the great support of momcology. All the moms told me, talk to this person, talk to this person, look up this paper, look at this link and learn what option you have. And this is the research results you need to show what kind of support he needs. And I was like, really? These are available? I didn't know that. So again, doctors didn't know. There's so much support that you can ask for. It could be the temporary support. It could be the long-term support. But schools are there to give you the support. And there are so many ways to get it. But you just need to know how. You just need to know who to talk to. And Momcology definitely gave me that. We're just so grateful uh, that, that you've taken the time to share your story and you have such great insights and, and knowing uh, you for the for the last few years and, and the journey that, that you and Cosima have been on. We were so excited to chat with you and for you to share all of the things you've learned and to be so open. And it, and it really is something that I think is hugely beneficial to other parents who are going through, through similar things. So, so thank you so much uh, for joining oh, us today, Kamiko. You're welcome. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. You can find more content like this at theupbeat.coachart.org, where we have blog posts, podcasts, and YouTube clips, as well as a Facebook group that you can join and share your own helpful advice with other families who are dealing with social and emotional questions about kids going through chronic illness. So we hope to see you there. Thanks so much. Thank you.